Hey talkers, welcome to Keep Talking Podcast. Keep Talking is the best platform for you to reach an advanced level of English by practicing every day and also connect with a global community. This podcast is a mix of our Instagram lives and IGTV videos, along with other recorded content. Sometimes we just give tips on how to improve your English, and other times we talk about a wide variety of topics, sometimes with special guests. Most of the episodes are in English, some are a mix of English and Spanish, and in a few we only speak Spanish. I hope you enjoy, and remember to follow us on Instagram at keeptalkingco, or check out our website, keeptalking.co, to join our community and learn more about how we can help you. What's up, talkers? We are back. And by that, I mean I am back, because there is no one else here with me recording this episode. But I've got another podcast episode for you guys. Today, I'm going to be talking about tips for your first visit to an English-speaking country. Consejos para tu primer viaje a un país donde hablan inglés. And actually, these tips can apply to basically any visit. If you've already been to an English-speaking country once or two or three or four times, a lot of these tips still apply. I personally have taken five or six trips, I guess, to different Spanish-speaking countries now. Um, outside of my home country, and there are still moments that become kind of awkward or get challenging. And so these are some of the things that I've learned. Some of the same things apply to you guys when you travel to English-speaking countries uh, as apply to me when I travel to a Spanish-speaking country or anywhere else. So I think it's good to learn from some of these experiences. And I will be honest, um, in, this, um, in this episode, I'm going to focus mostly on the U.S., I've never spent, uh, actually, I've never really been to the UK. Uh, I've been at the airport is all. I've never been to Australia. I've never been to South Africa. I've never really been to any other country that's an English-speaking country aside from the U.S. So these tips essentially apply to the U.S., although I'd imagine that uh, a lot of them apply to other English-speaking countries as well. So I hope they are useful to you. And they're kind of in a random order. You know, I think there's about seven or eight of them. Uh, I didn't even really count. I was just kind of going through them, writing it out. But I think there's about seven or eight, so I hope these are useful. So the first tip that I have is if you're doing it as a vacation, if it's just a vacation, you know, one or two weeks, whatever, definitely travel very light. Travel light. By travel light, I mean, eh, no, o sea, no llevar muchas cosas, ¿verdad? Viajar ligero, as we say in English. Travel light. And this is a tip that I give everyone who travels anywhere for vacation or even slightly more long-term stays, like one or two months, like I've done before. Because, as you know, I'm a minimalist, right? Now, some people who listen to this are probably like, oh, here he goes again with all this minimalist bullcrap. But seriously, everybody... It's really fun to travel light. It gives you more flexibility to go to more places. You don't have to worry about lugging around a bunch of suitcases. Lugging around just obviously means like cargando. Eh, it's a different word we use for carrying, but to lug around a lot of suitcases and all this, this baggage everywhere you go, right? So it gives you more flexibility. You can change your plans quickly. And you actually learn a lot from it. You learn that you probably didn't need all of this stuff that you thought you did in life. So this is really both a practical tip and a philosophical tip, right? And I know, once again, this is Sean just talking about minimalism, minimalism, minimalism. But there are a lot of benefits to a minimalist lifestyle, especially 
when you travel. And this applies to going anywhere, not just to an English-speaking country. Okay, next one I've got here is if someone, let's say, you know, um, a gringo, you know, a white person, a black person, whatever, in the U.S., speaks to you in Spanish, if a non-native Spanish speaker, if a native English speaker speaks to you in Spanish, I want you to speak back in Spanish at first, at least for a little bit. And you're probably like, what? Sean, the entire time I've been getting ready to practice my English. Quiero practicar mi inglés. I didn't say it. I didn't say a swear word. Anyway, um, I know you've been waiting to practice your English. But <clears throat> the thing is, a lot of times when we're meeting someone in a different country, if they make the effort to speak our language, what we first want to do is show that we respect their effort. We respect their effort to speak, well, Spanish in this case, even if their Spanish might not be that great. It's a great way to develop a friendship and almost have a little like mutual language exchange, right? Because then you can start giving them some tips to help them with their Spanish. They'll be more open to give you tips to, to, to improve your English, etc., etc. I've made the mistake too many times of only wanting to speak to people in the foreign language, right? Like I'll be in a Spanish-speaking country and I want to speak Spanish only, you know? Someone will speak to me in English because their English is pretty good and they know that I'm a native English speaker and then I'll just be like, no, 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 yo hablo español, yo español, 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 estoy aquí para español. But when you do that, and I don't do it that bad anymore, obviously. I don't want to freak any of you out if I come to Colombia at some point. I'm not going to talk to you like that. But you get the point, right? You don't want to be totally hardcore in this English-only mode that you would block someone out from speaking in Spanish with you. Build those relationships. That's something that it took me a while to learn, is that building relationships with people in other countries is more important than practicing your language skills. Trust me on this. It's something that I regret from some of my early travels when I was in my early 20s. I was too focused on the language and not focused enough on relationships with people. Because if it's not for relationships with people, what the heck is the point of the language anyway, right? We're not trying to talk to the trees. No estamos hablando con los árboles. Um, I didn't have to translate that. You guys knew what that meant. Anyway, okay. So, next one is... Cuidado con las frases que has escuchado en películas. Be careful with the stupid shit that you've heard in movies, right? And I'm being a bad example already because I just used a swear word, shit. But what I'm getting at here is you've probably watched some English language movies, some American movies, where they like to use a lot of swear words for emphasis, etc., etc. Um, they probably say a lot of offensive things. They just say a lot of crazy stuff in movies for entertainment purposes, right? Watching Vin Diesel and The Rock fly through buildings in Dubai and the Fast and the Furious, probably screaming at each other, stuff like that, right? But as I've said before, we actually had, um, I think we did an IG Live about this. We've made a couple posts about it too. Be very, very careful when you use curse words or swear words in English. Mucho cuidado con palabrotas en inglés o en cualquier idioma extranjero. ¿Por qué? Porque no es tu primer idioma. Y no entiendes exactamente el contexto, etc., etc. Uh, so you don't understand the context perfectly of these swear words that you're using. You don't understand exactly when they're appropriate and exactly when they could be considered offensive, right? And so I have to be very careful with myself in Spanish a lot of times as well because it's just not my first language. Um, so yeah, that's my only recommendation. Just 
be uh, be careful. Don't say exactly the same things that you've heard actors and actresses in movies say because it might not be that appropriate <laughs> in real life. You don't want to make a fool of yourself. To make a fool of yourself just means acero decir algo que causa mucha vergüenza. Like a fool is like, well, kind of like a payaso. Kind of means like a clown. But to make a fool of yourself, don't do that. Now, this next one's a big one. So, how to meet locals, especially here in the U.S., to meet and to develop relationships with people in the U.S. Okay, before I go into a... a you know, the big tip or piece of advice on this, I want to address the elephant in the room, the big thing that everybody talks about in the news. Um, well, okay, the elephant in the room is the issue of racism in the U.S. Now, are there people in the United States, for example, who don't like outsiders, foreigners, extranjeros? Yes, but very few in my opinion percentage-wise, especially in the bigger cities and especially in the northern, northern part of the country or really really anywhere except a few states in the south, which I'm not super familiar with, um, the, like kind of the southeast part geographically of the country, there is said to be quite a bit more racism there than like in Minneapolis where I'm from or in most of the northern and western parts of the country. Now, um, most, most cities in the U.S. are extremely, the, the big cities in particular, are extremely cosmopolitan. They're, they're what we call like a melting pot. Just means there are people from a lot of different countries and cultures. Whereas typically in the countryside, out in the country, in rural areas, áreas rurales, um, there are, well, those areas are usually a bit different. And to put it in simple terms, mostly white people live there. But... In my humble opinion, most white people in the U.S. are not racist. It's a big topic of debate right now. It's a big topic of debate. Um, there's a lot of, well, there's a lot of debate going around. Um, systemic racism, as it's called, etc. Certainly in the U.S., we have a history of racism, um, slavery, racism, which has led to many of the inequalities that are still in place today. But on a personal level, just between people, interactions between people on a daily basis, I do not believe that large percentages of people in my country are racist. I do not believe that. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. We can have a four-hour debate about race in America some other time. But for now, for purposes of your first trip or any trip to the U.S., it's probably better. I mean, you'll probably have more fun in general if you just stick to the bigger cities because the rural areas, you know, unless you really love just getting out on the open road, as we say it, the bigger cities will be more fun. Um, and like I said, if, if you are going to encounter racism, it's probably going to happen in the south, southeast of the country, like I said. So maybe... If you're worried about that, really stick to the north. But don't worry, don't worry too much about racism in the U.S. Seriously, um, just be kind to people. I think that people will be kind to you. Um, now, I want to talk to something, talk to something, talk about something. Hablar sobre algo importante que son intereses comunes, common interests. Okay. Now, we've established the fact that Sean does not think that there are a lot, there are high percentages of racist people in the U.S. But what I do think is it is difficult to oftentimes become friends with people in the U.S. And actually, Minnesota, Minneapolis, is a great example of this, which I'll explain um, 
Well, I was going to say I'll explain it in a minute. I'll explain it right now. So here in Minneapolis or Minnesota, they have this thing that we call Minnesota nice, right? It's kind of a strange term, but basically people from Minnesota are usually not very confrontational. Um, no nos gusta, pues, no sé, confrontar personas. Así se traduce en español, to confront someone. No nos gusta el conflicto, ¿verdad? We don't like to have like a direct conflict with someone. So people from Minnesota have this very kind and polite attitude. We're always very kind and polite. But oftentimes we put up like walls, como barreras, and have more closed social groups. Like if you meet someone from Minnesota, it's very easy, to, you know, they'll be very kind. They'll say, hi, hello, how are you? How can I help you? If it's a professional setting, they will be very helpful. But to actually make friends with people from Minnesota can be very difficult because we often have very closed social groups and it's just not, we don't allow new friends into those social groups very often. And I'm not sure about that many of the other places in the US, but I imagine it's kind of similar, right? It's not like Brazil, for example. If you go to Brazil, at least in my experience, they don't give a damn who you are, or where you're from, or what you're doing, they're just like, hey, caipirinha, samba, futebol, praia. Let's go have some fun, and you are now in our friends group, and we're gonna party until eight o'clock in the morning. That's Brazil, right? And you can certainly find places in the US to party till eight o'clock in the morning, but my point is, people are, in general, not, it's not as easy to break into friends groups. So, how do you, how do you, how do, you, how do you break those walls? How do you meet people? By finding people interested in the same things you were interested in. You have to find activities that you enjoy. Even if you're only going to be there for a week or so, right? Go find something. Go, if you like to do yoga, go find a yoga class. You'll meet a couple people there that will definitely be interested in you and will maybe develop a long-term friendship. Go, whatever, you know, you get my point. Whatever your interest is, go do it. All right. Uh, next one I've got on the list, this applies to any short-term travel anywhere, or long-term travel. Don't have everything planned. No tengas todo planeado, porque cuando viajas a un nuevo país, no todo va a salir como esperabas. It's just not all going to work out the way you expected, and oftentimes, when you allow things to deviate a little, when you allow your plans to change, things work out even better than you expected before. I have several experiences like that. One time when I was in Chile and the bus from Viña, what was it, Valparaíso, the bus from Valparaíso to Santiago didn't show up when it was supposed to and I was really mad. I was in gringo panic mode. How am I getting back to Santiago? And then I ended up staying like two more days in Valparaíso and was close to Viña del Mar and found like the coolest beach ever and it was just, it was awesome. So, um, nothing against Santiago, but it, it was probably better than Santiago would have been for those two days. So. The point is, don't worry about planning everything out. And then the last one that I've got on here is, <laughs> well, the way I put it is just go to bars. Go to bars. Ve a barras o lugares, pues, públicos, restaurantes, lo que sea. Now, what I mean by this, <laughs> I guess the concept I'm getting at here is that to practice your English, especially, especially for a lot of you who already have at least an intermediate level, Going to a bar or going to a public place where there are just a lot of people speaking um, in informal English is better for you than studying English from a book. 
a bar is better than a book when you're studying English or studying any language a lot of times, especially if you've already reached an intermediate level, at least, because it's a great way to meet people. Now, I know I just said that in the U.S. people have a little bit more closed social circles, etc., etc., but the concept still holds true. Go to bars, go to public places, get out a lot. If you don't like drinking or hanging out at a bar, like I said, just find things that are public places that are common interest to you. Go to those places. Don't be afraid to go anywhere. Do not sit in your hotel room or wherever you're staying. No te quedes en tu hotel. Sal, disfruta, haz lo que quieras, conoce personas, no tengas miedo de nada, and just have fun. And um, that's just another big thing, too, for practicing your language skills, whether you're doing it via Zoom at one of our conversations clubs. Send us a message if you want to participate in that. Send us a direct message on Instagram. Keep talking CO, etc., etc. But in our conversations clubs or in any real-life experience with a native English speaker, just don't be afraid. No tengas miedo. No tengas miedo, por favor. It's something that we all have to go through when we're speaking a second language, but don't worry. Just atrévete un poquito. Just go for it, you know? All right. That's all I've got for this one. Now, tomorrow we're going to have, yeah, it should be tomorrow. We're going to have another episode coming out about the top five cities in the U.S. to visit, in my humble opinion. So, in Sean's humble opinion. As I, as I said earlier, I think I mentioned this, the spoiler alert that... I, of course, had to put my city on the top five. I have to, I have to do it. It is a great city, all right? But anyway, you'll, you'll hear uh, that list tomorrow, the top five cities to visit in the U.S., in my opinion. You can agree or disagree if you'd like. Um, and they're not going to be like the typical five that you might always hear. Um, there should be a couple that might surprise you on this list. So, yeah, I hope you guys, I hope you guys, I hope you all, I've been told by my public public relations person um, that I, my public relations person is my mom, by the way, she listened to one of my episodes and said that I should not use you guys because that makes it sound like I'm only uh, addressing the males, the men. But here's the thing, this is another tip. In the US, we say you guys to mean everybody, to mean men and women. And that is mostly like a northern thing. In the south, they say y'all you all. So, y'all, <laughs> I hope this has been useful to y'all, and we will talk again soon. All right, keep talking, everybody. Thanks for listening, talkers. Remember that Keep Talking is the best platform for you to reach an advanced level of English fluency and connect with a global community. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Keep Talking CO and check out our website, keeptalking.co, to join our community 